The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. Other people make friends and just trying to make you some money. Because my job is not just to entertain, but to educate, teach, and put bad days like today in context. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Themes. I always fall back on bullish themes. That's the best way to approach a sell-off like we had today with the Dow. Oh, geez, losing 383 points. The S&P sinking 1.48%. NASDAQ falling 1.47%. But it, it, believe me, it was much worse at one point. Themes are very useful if you've got some cash stockpiled after last year's remarkable run. Uh, remember, the S&P was up 16%. Uh, NASDAQ, some of these names just roared higher endlessly. It was insane. So look. On a bad day, it's easy to eyeball the stocks that went up and assume that maybe they're the screaming buys for the year. I mean, there were plenty like that. CVS jumped 2.5% after J.P. Morgan, Berkshire Hathaway, and Amazon abandoned their joint venture that was supposed to transform the healthcare industry. And it doesn't hurt that CVS stands to make a fortune from vaccine distribution. I see PVH, parent company of Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger, up nearly 3% on a brokerage push. Hey, same with Lululemon. That rallied eight points. Financial management, well, you know what? Those are starting to take off modest rallies led by former underperformer Goldman Sachs, because this is a good time to be an investment bank. Tesla jumped again. I mean, that, but why not? I mean, that feels unstoppable. Now, you rarely go wrong buying up stocks like those on a down day. If we catch a strong day tomorrow, those stocks will be the first to rally because they were stonewalls when everything else was crumbling. And you can... That's a short-term idea. That's not what we're about on Mad Money. We're not looking for stocks that can stand. We, look, here's what we want. We want stocks that can stand the test of time, not for tomorrow, not for next week, but for the year and beyond. Because there are real reasons why the market went lower today. So you need stocks that actually get more enticing as they go lower from these exogenous reasons. What's driving us down? Well, first, Wall Street's eager to have a divided government that can't, because it can't accomplish anything for the next years. 
But we've got these two Senate runoffs in Georgia, and the president's recent annex could throw both races to the Democrats. If that happens, there's a chance Biden could raise taxes, although I think it's pretty slim. We don't like taxes if we like higher stock prices. Second, stocks are up so much that I think plenty of people were just kind of waiting to ring the register uh, in the new year. Take some profits. Third, President Trump doesn't seem to believe he needs to leave the White House right now. And some Republican senators want to follow his lead and challenge the election. Okay, seems like a doomed effort, but Wall Street hates uncertainty. Most importantly, there's the vaccine. Now, we've got two of them with a third that should be approved soon. The scientists did an incredible job. Operation Warp Speed was pretty good, but we're doing an, oh, just a horrendous job of actually distributing them to people. The states have no idea what the heck they're doing. Well, why should they? Vaccine stockpiles continue to grow. How is that possible? Some of them are going to expire before they can be used, uh, even though we have a serious shortage. The new, more uh, frightening, more transmissible strain is on the rise, and we can't even stop it without a vaccine. The White House has dropped the ball here, and, and that means the pandemic could last longer than we expected. So which themes in that environment can we fall back on? Okay, let's go right through them. First, e-commerce. It's still growing, not shrinking. Well, I like Amazon. I like Shopify. You know that. I'm betting this will be the year of Walmart and Costco. Walmart's digital business is already well on its way. Now, Costco's been behind, but now they've gotten serious. And when they get serious about something, bingo. Even when nobody's, uh, let's say we get everybody's vaccinated. I mean, God knows when that's going to happen, right? Um, E-commerce is here to stay. Americans have tried it. They like it. They trust it. It's a bargain. They're not going back. And that also means the freight forwarding stocks are bargains, too. And they got slammed. I mean, they were crushed today. Take a look at them. Now, second theme, this is a new one for you. you I, I want you to start buying the travel and leisure stocks on down days, because sooner or later, we're going to figure out the logistics of the vaccine. And then these industries are going to come roaring back. Now, you know, I've already told you that I like Boeing uh, for world travel. But Uber for local transit, Airbnb. For the safer, cheaper alternative to staying at a hotel. Airbnb is a huge advantage during the pandemic. But even when we go back to normal, I'm telling you, they will keep these customers and it will grow. Third theme, digitization. Hard to believe that this story isn't already played out, but it's not. So many companies still think the cloud has something to do with the weather. Others don't want to take the hit from switching software systems. Doesn't matter, though. At this point, they have to. The value proposition is just too good to refuse. How do you play it? Well, how about AMD? Hey, why not NVIDIA? See that stock today? Um, these are major digitization uh, theme names that are engaged in uh, takeovers. AMD is buying Xilinx. NVIDIA is buying ARM Holdings. Now, these aren't going to close anytime soon, but it's going to make them stronger in 2022. People will buy them in 2021. Theme four is cybersecurity. Now, we've had all, all the major ones. All the major ones on our show. We have CrowdStrike and Okta, Zscale, or Palto Networks. I like them all. They all work in a world that's embracing the cloud and digitization because businesses have a lot more data to protect. Hey, by the way, I also like Norton LifeLock, which is a very cheap stock with a good dividend that seems ripe for a takeover that does personal security. Fifth theme, the 5G build-out. Now, this is going to be huge, and it's only just begun. Now, my favorite 5G name, as you know, is Marvell Tech, which had, uh, had its numbers bumped just today. But almost all of the semiconductor plays have tons of 5G exposure. Qualcomm and Skyworks can be your placeholders.
Uh, throw in some uh, Internet uh, things. How about Texas Instruments? You see that stock? Uh, NXP Semi up today. Well, and then you get the picture. Theme six, the stimulus package. We saw how the we, we saw how this works in the spring. You remember this? Remember what worked? OK, I'll refresh your memory. Walmart, Target, Home Depot, Lowe's, Dollar Tree, Dollar General. Don't overthink it. That's the movie. We've seen it before. Seven. Please don't forget China. No matter what you hear about the People's Republic. Eight. Where in the world is Jack Ma? President-elect Biden simply won't be as tough on the Chinese government as Trump. No, he won't be. If uh, Biden ratchets down the trade war, you have to expect China will extend an olive branch by ordering some Boeing planes along with machinery from Caterpillar and 3M. China needs more aircraft anyway, so it's easy for them to throw Biden a bone by ordering some 737 Maxes and 787s. This is the primary way... Uh, about how the U.S. government uh, could possibly be uh, paid back. Remember, here's what you need to know. Boeing employs 2 million people directly and indirectly, and they've spread spread that over a ton of congressional districts. Stock got crushed today on 787 order worries. Uh, Other potential China winners, how about MasterCard? How about Visa? How about American Express? They can all work. If they're allowed to operate independently over there, and I think they will, they will dovetail nicely with the travel and leisure theme. How about eight? There's a bull market in stock picking and wealth management. And that means Goldman Sachs. That means Morgan Stanley. And yes, here, how about Robinhood once it comes public? Bye, bye, bye. Nine, remote work is going to be the new norm. It's more convenient for employees. It's much cheaper for their employers. That's not changing. So I still like the remote work facilitators. Hey, Zoom was finally up there. You see that? Salesforce.com, once it closes on the Slack deal, Microsoft down really badly. Even Dell, HP, and Apple. Hey, by the way, you know me. I stand by Apple as always. I, I would say own it. I, I, I wouldn't trade it. New theme for 2021? Not. Finally, 10. Healthcare. A Democratic White House means the Affordable Care Act is here to stay, and that's great news for the managed care companies, which practically wrote the law. Again, I like the CBS as well as Humana, United Health Group, and then J and J, with the latter being best positioned for both earnings, new products, and maybe the vaccine when they finally get it done. Oh, by the way, it's also the best weak dollar play there is. Now there are plenty of other one-off ideas that work here. You know, I think Facebook's cheap versus its growth rate. I like AbbVie and Dow for their dividends. Penn National for gaming. But the bottom line, it's these long-term themes that work the best. You can buy them tomorrow, and then you can buy some more if they get knocked around the next day and the next. The great thing about these theme stocks is they all do get cheaper as they go lower. I want to start 2021 with some calls, and I'm going right to Dwight in Indiana. Dwight! Hey, Jim. I love your show, especially the CEO interviews. I've gotten some of my best oh, investment ideas, so thank you for that. Yes. My stock was the yes, hottest thing going you. in 2019. Uh, my stock was the hottest thing going in 2019, fell hard in the pandemic, and is still down about 25% from its all-time high. Jim, what do you think about Ulta Beauty? When you think about Ulta Beauty, you've got to think about how great Mar- Mary Dillon is. She's the CEO. Uh, she's navigated some incredibly tough times here, and she's come out perfect. So as the company, I am a buyer of Ulta Beauty. Nice thoughts. Thank you for the kind words. It's a it's a winner. Buy some, and then if it goes lower, buy more. Okay, fall back on themes, people. That's the best way to approach a sell-off like today. 
Now, listen, we've got an amazing show tonight. Uh, the $600 stimulus checks are on their way. Hey, but what does it mean for the overall health of the economy? I'm talking to a man who knows the CEO, who knows, and that's the CEO of Paychex. Hey, then, I may have gone on vacation, but the SPACs didn't take a break. So I'm going to circle back to the spectacular rise of the SPACs and give my take on the EV kind of SPACs, which I know are your favorite. And could 2021 be the year VMware finally plays catch up with the rest of the cloud? I think you got to see if it's still king. And I've got the exclusive. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. Can a small business hold out until the vaccine allows the world to go back to normal? Uh, Look, on the one hand, they just got a lifeline in the form of the new stimulus package. Uh, On the other hand, though, the vaccine rollout's been a disaster, unmitigated, meaning it might take longer than we hope to reach some sort of herd immunity. So where does that put a company like Paychex, the payroll processing and human resources outsourcer, that uh, mostly sort of small and medium-sized enterprises? I mean, we're talking about more than 680,000 companies. Two days before Christmas, Paychex reported a strong beat in raised quarter. And while the stock initially uh, rallied three bucks on the news, which I thought was right, it quickly reversed, ultimately finishing the day lower. After today's 3% shellac, I mean, the darn stock is down 10% from its post-peak uh, craziness. This is nuts. Every time this thing pulls back after a great quarter, it's been a buying opportunity every time. But don't take it from me. Let's dig deep with Marty Musi, the bankable president and CEO of Paychex, to get a better sense of where his company's headed. Mr. Musi, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. Great to be here with you. 
Well, here we go again, Marty. Uh, you reported an unbelievably good quarter. Actually, I'm a really very, very strong. Your stock had risen above where it was before the pandemic. And then there's people who say, you know what, it's not enough. But you and I both know with the 2.7% yield and the kind of momentum you have, despite we're small and medium-sized businesses, Paychex is in a lot better position than, we, than you and I would have thought, say, one month into the pandemic. Uh, Jim, you're absolutely right. We had great sequential growth, really quarter to quarter. You know, in the first quarter, our total revenues were down 6% versus the first quarter of last fiscal year. And in this in this recent second quarter, we we're only down 1% and service revenue was flat. So we're really doing much better than we had expected. And our earnings were up 4%, our earnings per share on an adjusted basis. So we had a very strong quarter from the financial standpoint. We had the best client retention we've had in our history. And sales continue to look good from a unit perspective. So, Marty, can you put that in, in context with the Paychex IHS market survey, the, your small business survey that I find so valuable to get a sense of what the country's really up to? Yeah, I think what we've seen, you know, we saw certainly a big drop in April. And then it's really been fairly steady with small downward pressure kind of each month. There's still job growth in small businesses. But it certainly is uh, is not increasing or improving. It's just kind of holding its its own. We still see the South is the strongest, even though it's down year over year. The Southern region, Florida, the number one state, and it's because of construction. You know, there's a lot of over 20 percent increase in new home sales. Uh, we're seeing construction on the residential market, commercial market. So there's jobs out there. You know, frankly, sometimes Jim, it's hard to find people for some of the jobs that are available out there. Yeah, what a mismatch. At the same time, when we look at what uh, you've done, the pastiche of your business keeps changing to the positive. For instance, uh, offering cyber liability. Uh, I think everybody, every business ought to have a plan for cyber, cyber liability help. Uh, well, that would be fantastic for most businesses. What's the uptake of that? Yeah, it's done very well. Obviously, as you said, it's very important for all businesses. We hear about, about IT uh, breaches and breaches of clients or, or uh, businesses constantly. So it's a very important product for them to have an insurance that reduces their liability. Uh, HR, as you know, is huge demand for HR right now, particularly given the pandemic and the need for help in really deciphering some of the new stimulus, some of the new sick leave, the minimum wage increases that just went into effect January 1st, a tremendous need for help in HR. What are the new work from home policies that companies need to have? And so the technology and the HR support that we give is really in quite a bit of demand right now. Now, Marty, what would it mean to have a more regulation prone administration? For instance, uh, under uh, President, current President Trump, we had this thing called OSHA. It was gutted. Uh, we had a lot of uh, dis, uh, indecisive plans about health care. Uh, we didn't really get a lot of direction from HR, uh, from the president. At the same time, 50 different systems, 50 different states. I have to believe that uh, President Biden, President-elect Biden, is going to be a little bit more tough on business and therefore needs pay, business needs paychecks even more. Well, I think certainly regulations, if, if history uh, denotes anything going forward, there'll be more regulations, as you said. It'll be more difficult. States will increase regulations as they have been. There are different regulations, different minimum wage increases, different rules. And with the pandemic and kind of coming out of the pandemic, hopefully here in 2021, uh, what we'll see is more rules and requirements on bringing people back to work, how you handle benefits, 
all those things really will increase the demand for HR services. And, you know, we have over eight, over 600 HR specialists, SHRM uh, certified across the country that help our clients with all of those needs. Yeah, to me, I keep thinking, what an opportunity. The stock usually doesn't come in this hard. Uh, when it does, it has worked. Uh, Marty, I, I, can you try to tell our viewers your record on uh, dividend increase? Because you know how important I think that is. Well, Jim, it's been very consistent. Now, we held the dividend in this last, so far in the last year in 2020, given the pandemic increase. But we've had a solid uh, almost 3% yield, as you said, around 27, 275% right now. Uh, best yield pretty much in our industry by far. And we're very proud of that. Our board makes that decision, obviously. Uh, but it's very important to our investors. And, uh, and therefore, it's very important to us. It's been a solid uh, dividend stock as well as driving top line growth. That's what's been important to us is to provide both of those opportunities for our investors. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on, Marty. Of course, Happy New Year, President, CEO of Paychex. Always good to see you, sir. Thanks, Jim. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Look, the stock is down a straight line, 99 to 90. This is when you start accumulating a position, paychecks. I say that because I've been right about paychecks every time. Hey, this time I could be wrong. I'll take my chances. May have money's back here for the brief. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to Indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, this was an ugly day for the averages. Thank heavens for that last bit of rally in the Dow. But I got to tell you, Happy New Year. It was absolutely brutal for the hottest group of 2020. That's the high-tech automobile plays that have come public via these reverse mergers with special purpose acquisition corps, uh, SPACs, that I always keep talking about. Uh, that We use SPAC as the shorthand. We like to call them the electric SPACs here on Mad Money because so many of them are electric vehicle plays. But lately, we've been seeing more deals in adjacent areas, like autonomous driving. In the second half of last year, all sorts of high-tech auto startups were flooding, flooding with SPAC money. I mean, it was just coming left and right. And the, the stock market fell in love with almost every single one of them. Now, I've been very aggressive about covering these names for you because I know there's a lot of interest. And on the whole, they've generated some spectacular gains, many of which we've caught. See, these stocks are like catnip to speculators. So I keep coming back to them because I want you to speculate, but speculate wisely. For many home gamers, the SPAC-backed auto plays are simply irresistible. They may not have any earnings. They may not have even sales. But, but you have to understand, in most cases, 
it doesn't really matter because they're story stocks, all right? And, and, of course, there's a mental affiliation with what I call the GOAT, the greatest of all time, which is Tesla. And uh, they got a lot of momentum, or at least they had momentum until a couple of weeks ago. So if you're going to trade these stocks anyway, I want to steer you away from the obvious clunkers, make sure you know what you own, and teach you some discipline. Before the holidays, we covered 10 of the electric SPACs. Man, we're all over this place. No one else is doing this besides us, so it's all right. It's 10 out of 20 total. Although if the deals keep coming at the same uh, pace, it, it might take a while to catch up. I mean, there are five of these in December alone. We're doing our best for you. I keep reading my Twitter file. I know you want these. We're giving them to you. With the whole group rolling over today, isn't this the perfect time to do some uh, kind of uh, electric housekeeping before introducing you to the rest of the new cohort? The market's love affair with special purpose acquisition vehicles started in March when we found out about this company called Nikola. Now, that's N-I-K-O-L-A. Yeah, the Nikola deal. Oh, boy. By the time Nikola went out of style, and that's putting it nicely, after getting hit with some major fraud accusations, this is the one with that doctor truck video, uh, suboptimal. We'd already gotten a wave of these reverse murders. Six over the summer. Four more in September and October. Then four in November alone with five in December. You know that ain't going to work for everybody. They keep coming because the market won't stop throwing money at them. Even after today's beatdown, these stocks have racked up some spectacular, tremendous gains. I'm not seeing enough of this, though. Special purpose acquisition companies raise big pots of money. They sell a bunch of stock, usually priced at 10 bucks. Uh, and so far, or, they're all up at least 20% from that level. That's pretty good. Much better, by the way, than the other specs. And nearly half of them have doubled, and that's insanely good. Today, though, the hottest names in the group, well, let's just say they collapsed. In part because their stocks were already overextended. Take one of my faves, at least in terms of a concept, QuantumScape. You might have seen him on, uh, on Closing Bell. Hey, Will, I'll give you some... Whatever. There's no accounting for taste. Uh, QuantumScape's a great company that's developing better batteries for electric cars. I recommended this one to low teens. Then told you to start ringing the register. Sell, sell, sell. sell, sell. sell. Last month. After it searches 76. Hey, nice work if you can get it. But then the stock made still one more explosive move with Alby, flying to the 130s right before Christmas. Oh, and then QuantumScape filed to sell over 300 million shares for existing owners. And now the stock is in free fall, plummeting $34.49 or 40% today. See, that's what happens. That's what happens, people. That's why I'm warning you. QuantumScape has arguably the best story in the group, but it will be years before they even have a product. That's why I told you to be disciplined and ring the register at 76. I was willing to let other people get the upside. They got a lot of upside, but it's now sitting just under 50 bucks. I think the stock's worth buying in a weakness, but you can afford to be patient. It's still worth roughly 20 billion, despite having no meaningful sales, let alone profits. And I do like it. QuantumScape's not another Nikola. No. And that one's fallen from 50 to 16 in the last four months, thanks to those devastating uh, fraud accusations there. Those kind of uh, ill advised. Nikola's brought uh, in new management. Hey, that's great. Uh, but the stock remains damaged goods. It's not for me. I'd rather buy QuantumScape right here than Nikola. Now, some of these are sedate. 
Uh, Fisker and Lordstown Motors, a pair of electric vehicle developers, have been trading sideways since their SPAC deals closed in October. Same goes with this one that you keep trying to get me to promote on Twitter, uh, Hylion, uh, which makes hybrid electric powertrains for heavy-duty trucks. Why? Well, I think the enthusiasm has been drowned out by the reality of the lockups on insider selling and spying, which is what happened in the year 2000, so I'm really sensitive to it. Then there's, uh, how about switchback energy acquisition? I, this is one which merging with charge. I'm only doing that because it's trying to make the point. I don't need to do any of that stutter. Charge point. That's an electric vehicle charging infrastructure play. We like that. Even after falling 8% today, I think it needs to pull back to the mid-20s before getting interesting. Now, at the beginning of last month, I recommended two SPAC names. Luminar, that's autonomous driving play that makes LiDAR sensors like radar with lasers, you know, it goes around. You get the picture. And Canoe, not a canoe, an electric vehicle maker with a revolutionary approach to manufacturing. But then a week later, I told you to ring the register because both stocks had caught fire. And I'm not about to get you burned. I think you should let Luminar go lower. Lots of insiders potentially ringing the register here. But I'd be a buyer of Canoe down here at 12 bucks. You heard me. I'm actually telling you to buy Canoe. We got two more to catch up on. A month ago, I recommended CIIG merger on a pullback. This is a SPAC that's merging with Arrival. That's a British company that makes electric fans and buses using micro factories. Micro factories. Just like that. The stock was at $21 at, at the time. A week later, it was at 31 I told you to take profits. Now it's back at 27 I'd buy more if it drops to 20 and sell more if it goes back to 30 See, this is a call. This is a time-honored thing. It's called a buy low and sell high. Most people don't seem to engage in that with this group. Finally, there's XL Fleet. That's a company that makes hybrid electric powertrains for trucks. I told you I liked it when it was at 15, but also warned you not to chase it above 20. By Christmas Eve, it was trading at 35. Since then, it's come back down to 20. Once again, you had to buy it in a weakness and sell it in a strength. If it comes down a bit more, you know what? You got my blessing to do a little. Bye, bye, bye. Like I mentioned before, there are 10 more of these electric SPAC plays uh, we haven't even gotten to yet, and I can't really do them justice tonight. We'll get there. Uh, don't worry. Uh, there are three more LiDAR plays, like Luminar. There's got Belladyne, and it's the original, but a couple of smaller plays, uh, Interviz and uh, Avia. Uh, they're now merging with SPACs. We've got charging infrastructure plays like ChargePoint, which you know I like. There's EV Box. Electric last mile. There's another truck conversion play like XL Fleet called Lightning E Motors. Then there, we got another one called uh, another QuantumScape play about it, but it's called Romeo Power. Where art thou, Romeo? Which completed its reverse merger last week. And then, of course, there's a Chinese battery outfit, MicroVest. It's like a Scotty Vest, MicroVest. I'd also keep an eye on the Lion Electric Company. Oh, I like this one. This is working on electric vans and buses. That one hasn't closed yet, but the SPAC it's merging with Northern Genesis acquisition spiked 19% today. After we found out about a major deal to supply Amazon. Finally, here's an automotive chip maker, Indy Semiconductor. We learned about their SPAC merger a couple of weeks ago. What can we learn about the action in these things? First, you have to be careful after the SPAC deals close. Many of them spike immediately after the closing, and then they drift lower. Second, as their stocks explode higher, you start seeing massive offerings so that insiders can unload their shares to you, an unsuspecting person. Tough to maintain your momentum in the face of all that uh, selling. Uh, witness QuantumScape's breakdown today. And I, look, uh, 
I'm not being facetious here. Just a moment. I, I just want to say that when I see all these offerings in one section, I know you're going to get burned. I'm trying to keep it from getting burned while still trying to make you money. What is the other guy trying to do? All right, here's the bottom line. The electric vehicle SPAC plays got incredibly overheated late last year. So when you see them cooling off like they did today, I know it looks like a a leaking radiator to you, but it's actually a sign of help. This is why you need to be disciplined and take profits when you have them. That way you can treat big sell-offs as buying opportunities. Yes, you're going to kick yourself that you left some on the table. But you know what? I'd rather that be the reason to kick yourself then because you lost a lot of money. You know what I'm in the mood for because it's like a brand new year? I want to take phone calls. I don't want to just take any phone calls. I want to go to, to where Green Bay is from. I want to go to Eric in Wisconsin. Eric! Hey, Jim. How's it going? Couldn't be better. Thank you for asking. Um, my, my, my question is on plug power. Uh, I had a lot of momentum in 2020, and I was wondering if it would be a good long position for 2021. And uh, with hydrogen being so capital intensive, what's a good KPI for this industry moving forward? Okay, well, I mean, you need to see uh, you need to see Lindy come in, which is the real company involved with with gas, and say, you know what, we think that gas that this kind of gas is hydrogen is going to go down a lot. The second is you need to see BP, okay, or Royal Dutch get involved. If you don't, plug power is going to go lower. How low? I think it could revisit where it did its last giant offering in the mid-20s. So I say let's be careful. And why didn't I pick Devontae Adams uh, or Aaron Rodgers uh, for fantasy? And that's because I am a dope. Anyway, it was a brutal day for the SPACs, but that's actually a sign of health. It's not a leaky radiator. Much more mad money, including my sit-down with VMware, underperforming right now. Company develops a bigger footprint in the cybersecurity space. What does it make of that solar wind hack? That was that was not great. Uh, then we got the exclusive. Um, we're talking about. Uh, let's see, we got the exclusive on my vaccine rollout, which has left much to be desired. I'm calling it exclusive because everyone else thought it was going to go well, and I didn't. I've taken matters in my own hands today. I'm, I'm coming out. I'm steam. And that's not just the radiator behind me, because I don't know what to do about it. Uh, and then, of course, all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Could this be the year when VMware plays catch up to the rest of the cloud kings? In 2020, the cloud stocks roared, key beneficiaries of the stay-at-home economy. But VMware, which is the leading maker of virtualization software, the very thing that makes the cloud possible by allowing you to run multiple virtual machines on a single server, actually saw its stock fall 7%. When you drill down, I think it's kind of nuts. Because while the company does have some on-premises exposure, the kind of purchases that got delayed last year, VMware is still on track to beat its full-year forecast. And management issued that guidance before the pandemic. So what's the problem? I think this company was too mature to capture the market's fancy in 2020. For CloudPlay, VMware is basically a value stock, trading at less than 20 times earnings. Plus, we keep waiting to find out whether its parent company, Dell, which you know I like, will give investors what they want and spin off VMware. An idea that floated last summer, but could lay a lot of stock down to the market. So could this be their time to shine? Let's check in with Sanjay Poonin, VMware's chief operating officer, to get a better sense of where the company's headed. Mr. Poonin, Happy New Year and welcome back to Mad Money. 
Jim, happy new year to you and your viewers. And let me also say congratulations to you. I think you've completed 16 years running Mad Money. What a run you've had. Well, thank you. It has been a long time. We've been talking a long time. And you've been a bit, a bit of an oracle for what's going on with the cloud. And could you just give us the state of the union of the cloud from where you sit at VMware? Yeah, I think, listen, um, you know, Jim, there's an inevitable move to the cloud, which we began to see. If you look at the cloud infrastructure business, it's about $120 billion business predicted to be this year growing 35%. We were one of the first companies to really build this indispensable bridge from the private cloud, which we pioneered, 85 million workloads running on VMware in private clouds, the biggest banks, telcos, public sector in the world, but then partnerships with our preferred uh, partner, AWS, but then every one of the public clouds built bridges into VMware and came inside our tent to get that bridge built. But also we're seeing edge clouds, and we think this pendulum of the private cloud the public cloud and the edge cloud is here to stay. And we think as that develops, this is going to be the biggest move in the data center. And we are primed to help our customers take advantage of that perfect balance of private and public and edge clouds. And we're seeing a number of our customers, like FedEx, for example, really drive, for example, um, you know, a edge cloud with our partner, Dell. Rob Carter, who's their president of technology, an incredible visionary. You think of FedEx as a logistics company, but they're increasingly thinking about compute right. and storage and networking uh, happening at the edge, uh, close to perhaps their distribution centers and so on. And we're going to see many, many other companies. Vice versa, companies like IHS Market has driven tremendous amount of innovation with us and Amazon and moving their workloads to the cloud. So we, we believe that this but phenomenon Sanjay, of Sanjay, cloud infrupture happening let is going to move much second. faster. Let me interrupt for one sec, because as soon as I hear FedEx, what do I think of? I think of the vaccine. When I think of the vaccine, I think of cybersecurity. When I think of cybersecurity, I think of solar winds, which a lot of people feel is really a Pearl Harbor uh, uh, of cybersecurity. I worry that, that somewhere along the line, uh, FedEx gets hacked, and VMware's got to stop it. I think the SolarWinds event, just like Petra and WannaCry that happened before, is a wake-up call to security across the board. And security is a team sport. We need a village to be able to combat that. This is as important as terrorism. This was a deep threat. And we believe this is going to have security professionals move away from point tools to a lot more of trusted platforms. And increasingly, we need to take a what's called zero trust or an intrinsic security approach to this. So our focus has been you know, helping large number of our customers, whether it's government, whether it's banks, ensuring that they have a proper security platform. Because this sort of point tool approach from network to endpoint to cloud being very disparate has to move away to something that's a lot more trusted. But we've also published a set of cybersecurity hygiene rules. This is just like brush, brushing your teeth, uh, Jim. We want to make sure that people have some basic hygienic rules they've set up. For example, multi-factor authentication. Don't just put your passwords on pieces of paper and make them ABC123. Uh, have a multi-factor uh, authentication which has a second factor. Maybe it's your mother's maiden name or some other secret code that you have. Having mm -hmm. patching and, and, and all of that set up. Segmentation, micro-segmentation so that the people who are privileged can get access to certain apps and everybody else. So there's a number of such things that we've published and we're working with many of our customers to make this something that's mainstream and developed into their practices. And the final thing is really building a network of chief security officers that advise us. This is going to be a team sport that we're partnered with many of the best security companies, but also many of our large customers that are advising us on the future of this movement. Okay, you know, Sanjay, one thing I love to uh, always leave you with is uh, 
an opportunity to be able to speak about something involving ESG, involving what VMware, what you're doing for people who are disenfranchised, because you're such a great spokesperson for people in the Valley, in California, trying to do the right thing. Well, we were fortunate, Jim, as we reflected on 2020. I mean, it was an incredible year. We took care of our employees. But then as we looked at the world at large, to really ask ourselves, what do we want to accomplish in the next nine years and set out 30 goals for 2030? Uh, You'd expect because we are kind of been one of those de facto standards that have driven energy savings in the data center. We have a number of things that relate to zero emissions and being able to use renewable energy. But I point to two things that we're very excited about. One is we want to see more diversity in the workplace. And we're committed to having 50% of our managers be women. We want to hire one woman for every one male that we hire and really see a more diverse workforce with underrepresented minorities and women. Uh, the, the second thing is this big idea of academies. One of the things that was important to us during the, the last year was even during a downturn, our employees and our community want us to invest in them. And the way to do that is to invest in their training and their enablement, their education. So this big idea of academies means that we're going to educate people. We think we can educate 15 million people. For example, developers. We have this concept of pivotal labs where we're going to educate developers. You and I can become developers again. And we saw this to be an incredible thing. People were calling us during the pandemic saying, hey, we need to build a contact tracing app. We'd send the pivotal labs to help them. Uh, DoorDash had us build okay. uh, you know, a Tanzu observability app. So we saw a number of customers. And this is the way in which we want to help our customers invest in academies to train and enable them. Okay. So there's many others. There's 30 uh, so rules. I picked two or three that would hopefully inspire. The most important thing is well, as a world population, Jim, we will get through this. And as always, you're inspirational. I believe that the stock is down mostly because of all the stuff that we really can't talk about when Dell's done uh, spitting you off because, man, at 20 times earnings, it's a little too cheap. Sanjay Poon and VMware COO, always great to see you, sir. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Mad Bunny's back after the break. It is time! It's time for the light round question. It's right for the one and all. You see the status like I said, blah, 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 And then... The lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? I'm the lightning round. Let's start with Joe in New Jersey. Joe. Hello, Jim. Missed you. Joe, Joe. Ah, here I am. Yes. What's going on? Yes. Uh, hey, uh, I, I got to say, you got to get my diversified on a little bit more because uh, it's my favorite I know. Segment. I never have enough food. You're right. You're right. right. I'll be there. I'll be there for you. What's going on? Yes. All right, my stock is AT&T. No, too much risk, my friend. We never reach, we never reach just for yield. We learned that in the oils, didn't we? How about Ed in New York? Ed. Ed, you're up. Hello, Jim. Happy New Year to you. Oh, Ed. Oh, thank you. Thank you, partner. What's going on? And uh, Buffalo Bills, booyah. Okay, I'll take that. I had a lot of points yesterday. What's going on? Tell me. Hey, uh, my stock is Nanquist, NK. Uh, you had. Okay, now here's the way I want to look at it. This is Oncology. This is cancer. When you have K, there's two ways to do it. You do speculative like that company, or you do Bristol Mars, which is way too cheap. Johnny in Oklahoma. Johnny! Booyah, Kramer. Johnny in Oklahoma. Johnny, as I stay centered. Johnny. Hello? 
Hey, Hello? Johnny, it's Jim. How are you? Good, good. Blew you out from the Boomer State. Hey, I just been I love know, the for Boomer a State. I love, I love uh, Hertz. And Hertz, and Hertz and I love Hertz. Okay, you gotta love Which Hertz. One? We got we got another quarterback coming in soon, Spencer Rattler. But I just want okay, to say um, I've been hearing now, a lot about gold and the in the dollar, and I had a question about B two gold, BTG. Good senior gold producer. Now you know my favorite is going to be. Barrick symbol gold. That's the one to be, and I need to go to Mike in California. Mike! Booyah, Mike, Jim. Mike. Booyah. I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. I'd like to invest okay. in cybersecurity space. I've been looking at All Checkpoint right. Software mainly because of their profitability. Overlook cybersecurity play that I happen to like very much. I want them on the show. They haven't been on the show lately. A lot of good things there. I think that's a good one. Don't tell Do I know more? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the first lighting round of 2021. Let they live on. Stick with it. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Time to end the chaos. Let's be honest. The vaccine rollout is a debacle. I use a different term, but there are some words you just can't say on basic cable. Even without expletives, I can tell you we're failing and failing badly. We're sitting on millions of doses that are about to expire, for heaven's sake. We need to admit failure and come up with a better plan. Right now, we have a completely ridiculous set of protocols that make no sense to anyone except maybe the president. I'm not even sure if it makes sense to him. It's almost punitive, at least for the states and the American people. Let me give you some context. In 1947, New York City had a tiny smallpox outbreak. Tiny. They vaccinated more than 6 million people in three weeks. By contrast, in the last three weeks, we haven't even cracked 5 million COVID vaccinations. And that's nationwide. And that's outrageous. Ooh, just a second. The plan is fabulous for McKesson, the big drug distributor, not to mention CVS and Walgreens. As the doses trickle out, they're going to be able to make a killing. Sadly, I don't see the government changing course. The ridiculous process will continue, which is why, by the way, we own CVS for my charitable trust, which you can follow along by joining the ActionAlertsPlus.com club. I'm betting CVS will be the biggest winter. They got 10,000 locations, correctly covered the entire country. Plus, we just learned that the vaunted healthcare joint venture between uh, J.P. Morgan, Amazon, and Berkshire Hathaway has been disbanded. When they announced the CVS stock got crushed, never really recovered. So what needs to change? Right now, our distribution plan is a Frankenstein monster cobbled together from the federal government, the state government, and the private sector. Too many layers. We need to take the states and the private sector out of the equation, what makes me say this? Because we've done this before. Some of us are old enough to remember when President Eisenhower demanded that we wipe out polio instantly. Okay, so what they do? They distributed uh, a vaccine at local high schools across the country, gave a little sugar cube in a cup with the Sabine, uh, Sabine vaccine, and mine was cherry. It tasted pretty good. All right, look, it's not complicated. People. We need to do this. We, we, we send ready-made doses to schools all over America using the U.S. military, which has 130,000 medical staff who can be mobilized to make this happen. Now, 
We need to let the military handle the whole supply chain. Why the military? Because it's the one government organization that's both fully funded and widely trusted as apolitical. This is not the time for red state, blue state nonsense. People are dying. You take the private sector out of it. You take the states out of it. And then you have what's called a, a federal effort. Something we used to do all the time. No reason we can't go back to it. Without more military involvement, I think many Americans simply won't trust the sophisticated record-keeping software needed to manage the administration of these two-shot vaccines. More importantly, the military still knows how to get objects from point A to point B. They're the one part of this whole operation that hasn't screwed up. Finally, because supplies are tight, there's going to be a black market. Think Orson Welles in the third man. Every time the vaccines change hands, you're going to have to expect more profiteering. But you know what? Unlike the rest of the country, the military's got a lot of experience cracking down on profiteering. And the criminal penalties are much harsher than they would be for civilians. That said, there's no panacea. We still need the CDC to figure out the pecking order of who gets it first, because there simply aren't enough doses to go around. But we know there, we knew there's going to be a shortage, right? The problem now is that we can't get the vials of the stuff where they need to go, which is in your arm. So let's fix the darn problem. The current plan has failed. Time to cut out the states, forget the public-private partnerships, and just give it to the darn army. Maybe turn, turn every high school into a distribution hub on weekends. Vaccinating the entire country in the middle of a pandemic is exactly the kind of problem governments exist to solve. Uncle Sam needs to stop outsourcing and do its darn job. I like to say there's always a bull market summer, and I promise to try to find it just for you, right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.